Have you ever met a hypocrite? If you want to meet a true hypocrite, look in a mirror. Okay, no offense. Somebody once said, I refuse to go to church because the church is filled with what? Always say, come on in, there's always room for one more. Somebody said, if you want to get away from a hypocrite, dig a big hole and climb into it, but there'll still be one in it, right? Many of us, all of us, we do not say what we do, and what we say and what we do sometimes are opposites. We are all hypocrites, and we live very much in a hypocritical world. We are cynical of the institutions, and even the church has taken a couple punches in the nose. We're cynical of leaders and institutions that we once trusted. We live in a hypocritical world we don't know who to believe. Comedians sometimes, and some of the statements we say are somewhat hypocritical, we don't even realize it. For example, a comedian once said this, do vegetarians eat animal crackers? I mean, because there's, you know, there's little giraffes and there's little rhinoceroses and they're made of cake and sugar. Well, if you're a vegetarian, do you eat them? They're animals, but at the same time, they're not meat, okay? Another comedian said, why do we park in driveways and drive in parkways? It doesn't make much sense, right? You think you drive in driveways and park in parkways, but we don't. We live in a hypocritical world. There's all sorts of statements that we make they're somewhat oxymorons and they're somewhat hypocritical. For example, we eat jumbo shrimp. That doesn't make much sense. Or we have plastic silverware, which is a contradictory in terms. If it's silverware, it can't be plastic. Or there's new traditions, correct? You know, traditions, something we've done for a long time, something new. Or we say there's negative income. I haven't figured that one out yet. Seems to be like a governmental phrase, negative income. Or there's an elevated subway, which by definition is contradictory, correct? How can you have a subway below ground that never mind? Others uh, live on tape. Doesn't make much sense. There's also an uninvited guest. You ever hear that? <laughs> Can't be a guest if they're uninvited. There's governmental intelligence, my favorite. Okay. There is highly depressed. Uh, I don't know if you're depressed. I think you'd be lowly depressed. There's an original copy, even though that makes no sense. There's deafening silence and as well as, well, that's the last one, deafening silence. This is an oldie, the movie uh, Regarding Henry. I call it Disregarding Henry. Regarding Henry is about an attorney played by Harrison Ford. He does quite well, and he's really, uh, his, his law firm makes a lot of money by sometimes not being the most honest or integrity-filled. They're somewhat hypocritical. And there's a major case lawsuit going on in the medical field and uh, Henry is a gifted attorney. He always makes his firm a lot of money. Just happens in the movie that he walks into a convenience store as he's shot in the head. It doesn't kill him, but uh, leaves him in a coma and to rehabilitate for a long time. And then uh, as Henry comes out of it, he's like a child, an innocent child. And he, he looks at the case now through a child's eye and he finds out that he hasn't been doing what is right and true. It's really a movie about a lawyer who grew a what? Somewhat hypocritical a lawyer who grows a conscience, who does what is right. Jesus, too, dealt somewhat with hypocrites, and he uses somewhat different phrases, sort of like that. He calls them blind guides. How, how can you be a guide if you're blind? If you're blind, you can't guide anyone. But that's sort of like the Pharisees. Uh, they're religious, they did religious things, but they did not seek justice and love, and Jesus called them blind guides. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense how Jesus called them blind guide. So even Jesus dealt with hypocrites in his day. He called them out. Now, you and I, every week, whether we realize it or not, we make very profound statements of faith. And we speak three creeds in the church. 
of the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, and last week was Trinity Sunday, which creed do we speak? The Athen what? Athanasian Creed. And we make statements like this. And whether we realize it or not, these are statements we make. And maybe we just say them out of habit, or maybe we say it because it's that time to say it. But do we really take it into our heart to really believe what we say? So let me bring up some of the statements we confess in the three creeds many times weekly. Read that with me. Well, that's quite profound. We call Jesus very God of very God being the same as the Father. That's quite profound. And read this. Well, that's an astounding miracle that we quote, that we say. Read it. Matter of fact, in many ways, Jesus is not an alien, but an alien type. He comes into our realm. Read this. And probably the most astonishing of all statements we make. And the difference is, do I simply say it to say it, or is it something that I believe? Do I say it out of rote memory, or is it something that I really believe and something that I take into my heart and that I profoundly reflect upon? This is a genuine statement of who I am. All these very profound statements of Jesus... Scripture is the astounding narrative of Jesus and his deed in full accord with his creed. What Jesus says, he does, and what Jesus does, he says. And here we just heard all these unique statements about Jesus and what he does. And that, friends in Christ, is the crux of faith. To say, even though I haven't seen this, I still believe all these profound and astonishing statements about who Jesus Christ is. God in the flesh who walks around on, who walked around on earth. He came back to roll it back. He came to roll back the effects of sin. He came to do away with evil. And in today's gospel, he encounters something that you and I probably see more like a child type, I don't know, myth. There's a man who's possessed by a demon. For us in North America, in the Western Hemisphere, you know, we say, what do you mean? Some sort of evil spirits inside of him? I really don't. I'm not. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. In other parts of the world, that might seem much more reasonable in, in societies that are much more spiritual, spiritual. But for us, in the Western world, where we lift up science and logic, yeah, someone possessed by bad spirits. I'm not sure about that. But either way, Jesus encounters this man, and the demon speaks to Jesus and says, what do you have to do with me? So we know what Jesus did with him. Jesus cast out the spirits into a herd of pigs, and they, rode, they ran over the cliff. And Scripture tells us, go ahead. Scripture tells us, go ahead, read it with me. So here is the man who was possessed and he's now fine. And notice it says he's clothed now. He's just wearing everyday clothes and he's sitting with Jesus in peace because ultimately, friends in Christ, Jesus ultimately wants you and I to sit by him in peace. Let me say it again. Jesus' ultimate goal is that we sit by him in peace, that we know him as our Lord and Savior. We're clothed in the right mind and sitting there in peace. And notice, the crowd was afraid. Why? Because the demons went out. And who is this person? See, it was about them. That was a miracle about that man who was possessed by the demon. You ever see the movie Saving Private Ryan? You see it? Some say it's the best World War II movie ever. 
The movie Saving Private Ryan is about the D-Day invasion, about the Allies in France. And D-Day, June 6th, and there's a great deal of fighting going on. And it shows a platoon, and they sort of find themselves in this old, war-torn building to get a good night's sleep. And that's Wade, and he's a medic. And outside, outside, it's like a thunderstorm. Did you go outside Monday night? Did you walk, I walked outside, and I saw the, the, the lightning flash. Did you see it? And then it came through about 3 o'clock, remember? And I went outside, and the lights are flashing on and off. It looked like I was in some sort of theater or disco place. No, I didn't go to disco places, but that's what it sounded like. And that, that was the sky. And, and in the movie Saving Private Ryan, that's what's going on outside, but it's not a thunderstorm. It's, it's the Germans and the Americans and the Allies thundering away with each other, and tens and thousands of soldiers blasting away at each other, and it seems like a thunderstorm. And there they are, all inside, with war and death around them. And Wade's a medic, and what Wade is doing is he has this, this sheet of paper and has blood on it. And he's taken that sheet of paper, which is, which is a letter from a soldier to his parents if he died, and he, he's taken that letter and he's copying it on a, on, on, a, on a clean sheet of paper to send it to the soldier's parents to say that the soldier died. And there they are outside, just like I was Monday night, and there's flashing, there's all the cannons blasting away at each other. And then Wade says this. Wade talks about his mother and he quotes this Bible verse. The medic says this. Can you read it for me? If God is for us. Who can be against us? And there he is in the midst of war. And when I went outside Monday night, I knew it was just lightning. But when he walked outside, he knew there, there, there's thousands of soldiers against him. And there's war and death around him. And sometimes that we, I might how we feel about our life. And I walk outside and all this stuff's against me. And yet he says this, if God is for me, who can what? Be against me. And let me read the rest of the verse. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all of us, how will he not graciously give us all things? In other words, if Jesus is everything he says he is, which he believes, very God of very God, born of Virgin Mary, rose from the dead, then what can happen to me in this life that might be that bad? And he knows all about it. Be he walks outside, and there is World War II surrounding him in its full terror. This is really about, it's about us now. It's about you and me in the life that we go through because we walk outside in the life and we're faced with all sorts of flashing lights and all sorts of junk. Now, let's go back to the demon-possessed man. He went away proclaiming throughout the whole city what Jesus had done for him. So I'd like to ask you, what has Jesus done for you? Do you have a story how God changed your life? What has God done for you? What has he brought you through or what is he bringing you through? So what's your deal? Is family a broken relationship? Is something about to change with your life? Are you having money problems? I saw this meme on Facebook that they're now having counselors at gas stations to help people deal with the grief. I'm just kidding. Okay. Is there a job? Do you have a home? What's going on in your life? Being your pastor for over three years now, there's... Very few families I know that haven't went through some difficulties. Even my family, with my mother dying in January, we all have stories. What is your story and how Jesus brought you through that? I can do, what's your story? If God is for us, who can be, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son. See, Jesus, his deeds and his creeds match each other and he is there for us. What's your deal? Christ is God and will bless us through it. That just like the demon-possessed man, he knows all about you and I. He blesses us. Jesus is God and man. His deeds match his creed.
Can you read this statement with me? God. That's Max Lucado. I always remember that. I wrote, read that about 30 years ago. What's our story in the rough flight that we have? We know that heaven's our home. That's Jesus' goal for us, that now we know that one day we'll be in plain clothes and right mind without sin and sitting next to Jesus in peace. What's our story that we can share? How did God bring you through something? Bring you through a death or an illness or a family problem or problems with money or whatever. Remember, God is with us in the rough flight. He'll bring us home safely. What's our story? The demon-possessed man, deed from Christ, became his creed, and may we too. Confess Jesus, true God, true man, very God of very God, rose from the dead, who leads us through all things. And once again, he went away proclaiming throughout the whole city what Jesus had done for him. May God lead us to do the same with our stories. God for us, very God of very God. May we too proclaim, God lead us, that we speak with our mouths, our deeds, show forth in our lives our creeds. That what we say here, we believe in our minds, in our hearts, we live out in our hands. So how about this for a closing thought? Can you all read it with me? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And all God's people say...